Welcome to the Beastified Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Chris Hopper. And I'm Dan Harrison. This is a show dedicated to inspiring you to treat your body and mind the way it should be treated. Each week, we delve deep into all things health with some of the brightest and most forward-thinking, out-of-the-box minds in health, fitness, nutrition, and spirituality. Deep and often intense, these conversations are released every Wednesday and are designed to inspire, educate, motivate and encourage you to discover, uncover and unlock and unleash your potential. In this episode of the Beastified Podcast, we welcome Matt Belair, who joins us for an incredible conversation on mastering yourself and how you can apply the concepts to your life. Matt is the founder of Zen Athlete, a snowboarder, practices martial arts, sports psychology, and a certified life coach. Matt believes in potential, his own, yours, and everyone's. Seeing the potentials in someone's life is his greatest gift. He knows we can all be great, and so there's nothing that despairs him more to see someone suffer or settle for mediocrity, and nothing that brings him more joy than to witness them achieve their highest potential, he has an incredible vision and just listen to this episode and you will see that he's an incredible human being who sees potential in every single individual. Matt is truly special because he has the rare ability to help others see, believe and create that incredible potential within. Prepare to be really inspired and incorporate some of these practices in your own life. Right, so first off, we'd just like to say welcome to the Beastified podcast. It's so great to have you here today and we're really looking forward to this episode. Awesome, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, I'm super excited to be here. Well, Matt, a good way to start would be for you to tell us a bit more about how you started your journey into the mental side of life and sports. Absolutely. Well, for me, I was always interested in martial arts as a kid. So I pretty much, pretty much watched every kung fu, karate movie <laughs> that ever existed. And a big part of doing martial arts is the whole mind-body-spirit thing. So you know, I was curious how these guys were breaking bricks, and, you know, some of it is TV, but some of it was definitely real, and I was always just curious about, you know, how, what was possible for me and what was possible, um, you know, for human potential, so I was always curious on how I could do these, you know, superhuman feats, mm-hmm. and uh, I just kind of, you know, was kept the uh, curiosity my whole life and, you know, kept kept digging to try to find the answers. But it's also to my knowledge that you've trained with Shaolin monks in China and meditate with Buddhist monks. Yeah, yeah. I did a really big travel. So I spent a month uh, with uh, Tibetan monks in Nepal and uh, did a lot of meditation with them and learned a lot. And then I went to a Shaolin Kung Fu Academy. And uh, these were the guys that could actually do the uh, superhuman superhuman feats. It was, it was pretty spectacular to watch. But what were some of the mental techniques and practices that the Kung Fu monks were doing? So it was it was a simple practice. You know, they practice Qigong, but the difference is they do it with such discipline for such a long time. So there's soft Qigong, which is the meditation and uh, the body energy. And then there's hard Qigong, where they are conditioning the body. So one of the masters there could break a granite slab with two fingers. And he could also do bigger slabs over his head and with palm strikes, and it was amazing. Um, And how he did it was, 
you know, I, I did an interview with them after. So I was like, how is this possible? To the Western world, this is going to seem superhuman. It's going to seem not possible. They're going to think it's a trick. And he started slamming his uh, fingers down in this oak desk really hard. And he just said eight years. He was conditioning his finger for eight years. And on, on the trees in the academy, there's dance in the trees from consistent conditioning and hard qigong. And he had also been practicing uh, soft qigong energy work for, you know, his pretty much his entire life. And he was actually uh, flown around China sometimes to do healing and energy work with, with people. So it was just those two disciplines of practice, which is essentially meditation or, you know, harnessing your body's energy and uh, hard qigong as well. Wow. wow, that's incredible. So Matt, what did you learn from your time there? And have you adapted any of these philosophies into your own life? from your time training and meditation with the monks? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I learned a lot uh, from the the monks in Nepal and from the Shaolin monks. One of the biggest lessons that I learned was the value of discipline and really, truly realizing that if you want to do a, you know, superhuman feats where actually nothing special, it's just actually a simple practice done with, with, uh, with just extreme dedication. And that's how yeah. all of these things were were possible. And what the master had said to me, I, I asked him, is this possible for anyone? And he said, yes, but most people are going to give up just before they get there. And if you think about it, who's got eight years to condition themselves by, you know, jamming their finger against a tree or, you know, doing hours <laughs> of meditation a day? No one's really going to do that, right? But Definitely. they do. And it, the results, you know speak for themselves in what they're able to do. So what I learned was the simplicity of and the simplicity and the power of the practice and dedication. Um, they push you so far there mentally and physically. So it's, uh, you know, I, I definitely learned a lot about myself, but it's kind of like an, an inner value that you take with you that can't really be expressed. It's, you know, the process of pushing yourself beyond what you think is, is uh, you're capable of. So the practices I take home were, were ones I was doing before, which is just a meditation practice um, and a little bit uh, better uh, better strategy for just keeping up with the practice and realizing that it's a little bit every day is a lot more beneficial than a lot one day. Hmm. Matt, what drove you to meditation and spiritual enlightenment? Um, it was just it was just the uh, you know it's something that I've always been curious about. And with the study of martial arts, that was leading me into meditation right away and concentration and looking into mind power. And mind power is, you know, about self-development and who you are and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it brought me into self-hypnosis, NLP, uh, lucid dreaming, astral projection, anything weird and or practical that had to do with the mind I was interested in. And it was just a, a natural curiosity that I had and, and I wanted to explore it and explore myself and explore the mind so it was just a kind of natural curiosity that that brought me that way and I can remember reading books on enlightenment and zen as a teenager and I'd read the whole book but I wouldn't even really be knowing what the hell I was reading you know they, <laughs> they speak in these riddles and you know, I'm just like, what the hell are they talking about? But I was so interested and curious. I just read the whole book, you know, ha having it wash over me. But I do feel like there's definitely 
an effect that some of that information was going in and I can read a book or, you know, read those things or those, you know, Zen cones and poems and all that kind of thing. And I read it with a different understanding now, but at the time I, for some reason had the tenacity to just go through and be completely confused the whole book, but, but wanting to know. Yeah. So Mark, when, when things get tough for most people, they find something easy to work on. But when things get difficult uh, mentally for tough people, they find a way to stay on schedule. How does someone overcome unhealthy habits through the mind? The biggest technique that I would share with anyone uh, as far as that goes is mastering your perspective. Um, So when things get tough, and obviously they do quite frequently, it is to focus on the thing that you want to happen. And that's a reason why in sports and in life, people will go through, you know, a downward slide is because they continuously focus on the things that are wrong or that they're afraid of um, or that are not serving them rather than focusing on where they want to go. You know, so if you were, uh, you know, on a boat in an ocean and you have the direction set to north and you're going, you know, northeast for a little bit and you realize that that's not exactly where you want to go, you just kind of refocus on going north rather than completely you know going east or south right so you just kind of the only thing you can do is refocus and reset so it's a continual process of resetting so deciding okay this is what the issue is what do I want and then focusing intently there is the, is the best strategy that I've that I found I, I definitely think that when you take control of your brain you can achieve results that you want in health and fitness so how does someone reclaim control of their brain so they can boost their performance and enhance their mental toughness? <laughs> that's a that's a great question. It's a it's a very deep question, you know, to be uh-huh. summed up in a in a paragraph or or a sentence. Yeah, definitely. Um, a a good starting point is is the ability to relax your mind you need to be able to clear your mind to know what it is that you want and to choose the direction because the mind is naturally you know in zen they'll call it the monkey mind it's just jumping all over the place from one thought to another and we perceive that as ourselves the ego our thoughts our continuous habitual thoughts so the first and most important thing is to cultivate the practice of relaxing your mind so you can actually clear your mind in that stillness, you can find who and what you really are and what you really want. And then from that stillness, you can focus on the things that you want to change or that you want to achieve. So I think that really the starting point to all this is the ability to relax your mind. And, and when you can get there, then you can start to program it and choose the direction that you want to go with, with anything you're trying to achieve, whether it's sport, life, business, habits, Whatever you need to be able to relax the mind. Yeah, definitely, Matt. Um, Matt, training the mind, in my opinion, may just be as, if not more important than the body. What's your view on mental fortitude versus physical strength? For you know, for my mission, it's to make mental training as common as physical training. So any kind of sport mm. that you do, they'll they'll give you the workout plan, they'll give you the techniques, they'll give you all that stuff. But mental training is kind of in the back. Some good coaches will talk about visualization, um, the importance of proper perspective. But I think that it needs to be uh, ingrained with with everything, with physical training, with skill, with with all of that. Um, for me, it's it's super important. 
Um, a lot of great athletes have said sports is 90% mental, 10% physical. And if you look at all the great athletes that we've had, they'll always talk about the importance of the mental game because it is extremely important to understand yourself, understand what tricks your mind is going to play and how to get and reach your highest potential. So I think it's absolutely imperative that anybody in sport or even life have a look at the mental game and, and learn how to master themselves. Um, physic, yeah. Physical is definitely important. Um, it's one aspect, but, you know, I think that the mental game, always the person, if they have similar traits, is going to um, excel if they've learned to master the mental game. And and it's about mastering yourself, right? There's a competition between people, but, you know, if you are incredibly strong and you're doing the physical game, that's great. But mastering the mental game is what's really going to give you that inner sense of development, of peace, of achieving your potential. So it's it's for the individual rather than than uh, the group or contest. It's, it's what it does for you beyond sport, beyond anything else. Yes, we'll yeah, we'll man. Yeah, Matt, mentally tough athletes are definitely more consistent than others. But with athletes you have worked with, what are some of the examples of their struggles on their mental side and how would you approach that? The most common thing that I'll get is either A, they will be kind of sabotaging themselves under stress. Uh, so they're great in practice, uh, they're great in training, and then when things get a bit stressful or it's competition day, they fall apart. Yeah. The other thing I get when I work with uh, professional athletes that are, you know, in the NFL or uh, at the highest, you know, peak of their game is they actually haven't really looked at the mental game, which surprises me. So they're curious about it and they're willing to learn, but they've never been taught it. So it's kind of like they didn't even know that the training existed. And, and what the biggest shock is, is they realize they can elevate their game again which is wow. so it's it's I guess the biggest mis the one problem is a lack of focus and the other one is a lack of awareness that it even exists and when you realize this training exists and how much it can help you and elevate your game even when you're at the top of the game it's it's kind of a shock to some people and so even with that the biggest thing that I'm I'm teaching them is is a proper perspective changes everything. So when that person is sabotaging their game or they get stressed, they, they again start to focus on the things that they don't want to happen. And you just have strategies set up. So whenever you say the words don't, not, no, or you visualize yourself falling or, you know, stressed out, you, you come back to that thing. It's what do I really want? And then you kind of let it go. You know, I want to land my run. I want to land this trick. I want to perform my best. And it's a continual process. It's kind of like meditation. And like I said, step one of clearing the mind. Most people don't meditate because they think it's complicated and they don't know how. You sit down and you basically try to clear your mind. It's the practice of clearing your mind and coming to full attention. And what happens is you have repetitive, repetitive habitual thoughts. So you get up and think it's useless. And that's what happens on the field is they're not managing their thoughts. They're not even aware. All, their mind is just taking control rather than you controlling their mind. And that's what you can do with meditation and proper perspective. So you're in the driver's seat. And when the mind takes control and you start to get anxious and worried, you're going to sabotage your performance. And even if you, if you have the mental ability to perform at a high level under stress, when you – 
really learn how to control your mind and thoughts, you're going to elevate your game even further than you thought possible. So you have a new ceiling. Yeah, definitely. Mentally tough people don't have to be more courageous or more talented or even more intelligent. They just have to be more consistent. I definitely feel that mentally tough people develop systems that help them focus on the important stuff, regardless of the obstacles life puts in front of them. I think it's their habits that form the foundation of their mental beliefs and ultimately set them apart. What's your view on learning how to be strong in your body and will this make you strong mentally and spiritually as well? Um, so there's a lot of questions in there. Is is the main question just uh, if you are looking into fitness and, and you are exercising, how does that affect the mental game? Yeah. Well, I think any kind of physical practice is super important. So the mental game is important. Taking care of your body is extremely important. There are tons and tons of you know, proof. It's Well, it's pretty common sense that if you take care of your body, you're going to have more energy. You're going to feel better. So oh, yeah. if a lot of people deal with depression, and one of the biggest uh, tools you can do, or our biggest cures, is just physical fitness. Uh, it releases endorphins and all that kind of stuff, so you start to feel better. So I think it's absolutely important to have a strong body and it helps with a strong mind for sure yoga practice uh, whether you're running anything active because you need to take care of your body right your body is your temple and you it's the only one you're going to get so the more you take care of it the more it influences the mind I see a direct correlation for sure between mind and body and a lot of the people that I see that are very harmonious and healthy they have a strong mind and they also are usually very very fit whether they you know it depends on your version of fitness but some of them are very strong some of them are flexible uh but they're taking care of their body in some way i think it's very very important to take care of your body absolutely and it does amplify the mental game absolutely as well i feel that someone can kind of become committed or consistent without with a weak mind how many workouts have people missed because their mind or not their body has told them that they were tired? How many reps have people missed because just because of their mind? Nine reps is enough. Don't worry about the 10th. Probably thousands of people, including myself. And 99% of this is due to the weakness of the mind, not their body. So, Matt, what would you say to, to these people to overcome that mindset and how could they maintain their focus? That's a good question. It's also a deeper one in the sense of what I've learned as far as my training goes. Um, because some some of the athletes I deal with at a very high level who are professionals have to deal with overtraining. So if you overtrain and then you go into competition, your body's going to shut down. So I think that the first part of that question is understanding your body and what your limits are in training so that when you go to compete, you know, if you are at the highest level, you need to compete your best on game day. And if you overshoot it in practice, that can be a technical oversight and hinder your performance. Now, when you get into, for that question, I think it's more powerful that when you get into a situation where you need to get out every ounce of what you're capable of, going far beyond, you know, 10 reps and somehow doing 20. And that's what they were amazing with uh, at the Shaolin Academy, where they would just push you so much further than you thought was possible. Now, as far as recovery goes, it's not an ideal situation if I had to do a fight the next day or something. But what I learned from pushing myself to limits far beyond I thought, you know, were possible for me 
it's this deep knowing and this deep confidence that you have that can't be taken away. So if you're thinking about something simple in a training rep and what you're capable of, I would I would think about doing it in two ways. One, a practical training way. So if you're doing five sets of five, you say things uh, that are going to help you, such as the the weight is light, I'm going to do five sets, or, I'm, or I've decided. You basically make the mental decision that you're going to go through this entire workout. You know, uh. just that decision alone to perform at the highest level, to train at the highest level, does wonders. As you walk into the gym, you say, I'm going to give myself 100%. As the weight's coming down and you need to get one more rep, as long as you have a spotter or something, you know, you say, I'm going to do this. You know, I can push that weight. So it's that positive perspective. And I also think that there's a lot of uh, technical and uh, practical information as well as training, overtraining, listening to your body and all that kind of stuff. So if you're tired for the day, you take it easy. So the next day you can push yourself further. So really listening and getting in touch with your body, I think, is is even more important than worrying about how many reps that you're doing. It's just giving your best in training each and every day in whatever form that is. And sometimes it's a rest day and knowing within yourself, if you're just slacking off and, you know, doing eight reps rather than 10 and you have them. Right. So that's a decision you make. And that's an inner knowing that you have. And it's that decision there saying, okay, I've slacked off. I've decided I'm going to make the choice to train at the highest level so I can compete at the highest level. So true. Yeah. The power of having a positive mental attitude is so powerful and will definitely help you in your progression. What are, you, what are some tactics to kill bad habits and negative thought patterns? That is a fantastic question. And the answer is very, very simple. The biggest problem is that a lot of people are unaware of their sabotaging beliefs. So the wow. first and most powerful thing is to really analyze what you believe about your abilities, uh, your life, your relationships, everything. You'll notice, or I've noticed in coaching people, that their life relationships can really affect how they play their sport. So really cleaning up the inside and and having harmonious surroundings and being centered can elevate a game uh, to a great extent. So I think the first thing is to really take a look at your belief systems. It can be within your sport. It can be within training. It can be within life. And then once you've analyzed those belief systems, think about what belief systems you want to adopt. So to give you an example, it would be for a snowboarder. I'm a snowboarder myself. I I work with professional snowboarders and skiers. Um, What are the most positive and empowering belief systems that they could have? So an example would be, I land all of my tricks all of the time. I am an extremely talented snowboarder. I can learn any trick easily and on command. I always land my tricks. I am uh, totally believe that I can do anything on a snowboard. Snowboarding comes easily and naturally to me. So you make this massive list about the belief systems that you want. And then the next thing that you do is you make sure that whenever in your life, that you have, you say the words don't, not, and no, or you have an unserving thought, a negative thought, you switch it and say, so what do I want? So if I say something like, I can't land this trick, so what do I want? I want to learn how to do this trick quickly and easily. So I keep repetitively switching my thinking. And as you continue to switch your thinking, you're going to switch your belief systems. 
The problem is that most people, it's, it depends on how much hardwiring they have on the limiting belief. So if they only believe that they're going to make it to college and then they're never going to make the next level, or they only are going to make the high school team and they'll never make the le next level, whatever their belief ceiling is, is how far they're going to go. So the most empowering thing they can do is continue to switch that belief ceiling to the most positive perspective. And it'll keep happening. So the deep, the deeper the hardwiring, the longer it's going to take you to condition to that new positive belief. If it's just a little bit of hardwiring in the mind, it might only take a day or two before you have actually imprinted into your subconscious mind the belief system that you want, that empowering belief system. But if it's deeply rooted in there and you've had it kind of cemented in there since you were a kid, it's going to take you maybe a week, maybe a month, but you keep the practice until it's switched. And once it's switched, it's switched forever, and you're going to keep that empowering belief system. That was an amazing answer, that one. Amazing. Makes sense? Oh, definitely. Cool. So I feel like the human spirit definitely soars when it's a challenge. How important do you think physical challenges are to develop a mental toughness? I think physical challenges can certainly be an amazing tool to discover what you're capable of. If you've ever seen anything on the Navy SEALs and, and what training they go through, it's so grueling and intense and they'll say a lot of it's psychological or most of it anyways. Um, and when you're pushed beyond your limits, you get, it's an experience that you can't really put into words. So for me, it was when I trained in China with the monks and when I was trekking Mount Everest and nearly died getting caught in a snowstorm, being able to oh. push yourself beyond what you think is possible, you, you gain from that experience. So if you ever have an opportunity to really push yourself in an environment that's going to test you and what you're capable of, you're going to come out a bigger and stronger person because you'll have smashed limits that you didn't think that you could do. And it just gives you this inner sense of confidence and of belief and of all kinds of good uh, mental stuff. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, you want to definitely take those opportunities as you see them because without a special environment or circumstance or training, you might not push yourself because it's only you and you'll push yourself to whatever you're used to. But if you have a coach or you're in China training with monks, they just force it upon you. And if you can do 50 push-ups, they're making you do 60. If you can do 60, you're doing 80. You know, if you can only do one more rep, you're doing 10 reps. And you don't know how you're doing it. It helps that there's a little China guy there with a uh, stick ready to beat you and a legit silent <laughs> monk. And uh, so they're they're really strict over there. And it's interesting to see how much further you can go with some helpful encouragement. Yeah. Matt, when you touched on before, when you said um, that you nearly died in a snowstorm, it just it was just made me think that like no amount of mental toughness alone will keep you from freezing in cold temperatures. But I feel if you've combined mental training, say with cold tolerance conditioning, for example, then you might have a much better chance. Toughness, both mental and physical, I feel should be trained, just like any other skill, in my opinion. Have you tried any certain training techniques you can use to condition your body to withstand discomfort or difficult um, environments? Yeah. Uh, different forms of meditation. So, again, the the practice of meditation is simply the practice of clearing your mind. It's kind of like a you know a, a calm lake where it just you see the reflection. 
when you have repetitive thoughts, it's like there's a lot of ripples in the water. And mm. if you want to imprint a picture of what you want, it's going to be all distorted. But if you can clear your mind, you have that nice still lake, you can put whatever image on that lake that you want. So you're essentially controlling the mental imagery of the mind in a very clear and very powerful way with your intention. Intention is extremely powerful. So it would be your intention to go beyond, your intention to overcome the, the pain, your intention to lessen the pain. You can tell your body exactly what you want it to do. Now, whether it listens is your ability to program the mind and body together. And with meditation practice, you can do that. In China, what they'll do, like I said, was the hard qigong. Um, part of that practice was getting punched and kicked by a sifu. And you just sit there and he'd kick you in the back, he'd kick you in the legs, he'd punch you <laughs> and do all this stuff. And that was part of the training. So they would, they would absolutely condition the body. Uh, one example that I had was before I actually went to the Shaolin uh, Academy, I knew, I knew of this training and been practice, practicing a lot of things. So back in the day when I worked in cars, I had these, these big guys and we were drinking and they all knew I did martial arts and was kind of strange, always talking about mind power and things like that. And I just said, hey, like, you could punch me as hard as you can in the stomach and I'll be fine. And these guys are kind of a fighter mentality and they're about 6'2", you know, over 200 pounds. And I'm not the, that big a guy. I'm about 5'9". And what ended up happening was I had a lineup of really big heavyweights taking turns punching me as hard as they can in the stomach. And I was able to just withstand that and they just couldn't even believe it and what it, that ability is is a simple practice of again meditation and when they're going to hit me i just imagine bricks uh wow. in my abdomen and what they're hitting is bricks so my mind isn't feeling the pain or anything like that it's it's focusing on creating such a hard structure and i actually don't feel it i can feel the impact but it doesn't hurt it's more of a uh slight discomfort I know it's happening, but it's okay. So, but again, it's the ability to clear your mind and then imprint what you want. And when you do these little tests, you can start to see the results and they're, they're quite interesting. And then you go, you know, it's, you know, so you can start out soft, which is okay, but then you keep pushing and pushing and you start to really realize the power of some of these techniques and the power of mindset and the power of intention. Uh -huh. Wow. But I feel that life is definitely made up of small choices you make from moment to moment. Rarely the big ones, in my opinion. How do people find time in their day to work on physical and mental strength? Well, that one is up to the individual. You know, I don't know what their life is like or, you know, what's going on. It's, it's about really mastering yourself, figuring out what's important. You always have time. Um, yeah, you, you can be busy. Um, but maybe for your life, it's not important that you're going to the gym two hours a day. I think that it's more important to figure out who and what you are and what you want out of life and getting really clear and spending time in those places rather than spending in time in places that you don't really want to be to eventually maybe go to the places that bring you the most amount of joy. So taking care of your body is extremely important. A uh, simple and practical hack for that that I found is a kettlebell, 10 sets of 10 kettlebell swings from a guy named Pavel Tatsulin. It's a really uh, Russian complicated name. Um, but that 
is a, a quick hack that I give friends and I've I found incredible results with, 10 sets of 10 swings. Um, but other than that, I think it's more important to really, like I said before, focus on what's important to you and spend time there and not justify spending time in places that you don't really want to be. And if you can really get clear on the things that you want in life, you're going to you're gonna be able to manifest that. But most people are kind of on autopilot, not really uh-huh. thinking about those things. So it's going to be a process. But if you want to work out more and find time, decide to find time. Yeah, that's, that's so true. There's, you know, there's no technique or way. It's just find time or don't. And that's it. <laughs> can't really go uh-huh. for that one. Yeah. Mental toughness is, uh, is like a muscle. It needs to be worked on to grow and develop. If you haven't pushed yourself in thousands of small ways, of course you'll struggle when things get difficult. How can you clear your mind and find out what's important to you? Uh, okay. Again, with the meditation is how you clear your mind. Uh, in my book, Zen Athlete, I have the simplest way for anyone to learn meditation. I'll tell you what it is. It's 10 days. And all you're going to do is on day one, you're going to sit. And you're going to just try to clear your mind. And how you do this is you just focus on your breathing. As thoughts arise, and they will, just focus on your breathing. Don't get attached to the thoughts. So you're going to think about dinner. Okay, you thought about dinner. Just relax. Come back to your breathing. Then you're going to think about what's on TV, what happened yesterday. It's going to keep happening. Just every time it happens, focus on your breathing. And you, and you do this for one minute. So set an alarm. The next day, you do it for two minutes. The next day, three, four, five, six, all the way up to ten. It's the quickest and easiest way for anyone to adopt a meditation practice because if you start with 10 minutes, it seems overwhelming and confusing. But if you just make it so simple and you decide one minute a day uh, and increase the minutes each day, it kind of brings you into the practice and it doesn't stress you out and you start to really understand what it's about in a nice, slow manner. So meditation practice. And the other thing that I was going to say about really figuring out who and what you are and what you want, you just ask yourself those questions. What are most important to me and what things bring me most joy? What things do I love? What things interest me? What do what kind of people or groups do I want to be around? And ask yourself those questions and write them all down. And as you do, you're going to bring more clarity and more ideas about what your ideal life is, what you want to focus on, what does bring you joy. And when you spend more time in those areas, again, it's going to attract more and more and more of that. So it's asking yourself the questions, writing them down. And if you want another technique, you could say, you know, what is it that I want to achieve? Or, you know, what does my ideal life look like? And just take your non-dominant hand and start writing out. So it accesses the unconscious or subconscious mind a little bit better. And you make a huge, giant list, but all the things in your life that bring you joy, that you want to attract, that are positive for you. And then you kind of, again, use all the techniques we were talking about before and just start to try to focus in that direction. It doesn't come overnight, but you have to first figure out where the heck you're going to steer your boat. And then it's your job to continuously steer your boat in that direction. So it could happen in a day, in a week, in a year, 10 years. But if you keep the the boat steered where you want to go, you're going to end up there in some way or in another positive environment. But if you don't ask yourself the questions, you're just floating around letting the universe decide what it what it wants to do with you rather than you deciding what you want to create. Mm-hmm. That research that I've found is starting to reveal that mental toughness or grit plays a more important role than anything else in your, achieving your goals and health or life. 
Do you feel that people have a maximum potential, or do you feel that potential is endless? I certainly think that potential is endless. Uh, there's wow. a there's a really great quote, um, and it says, "The sky isn't the limit; your belief system is." Wow. And you know, for a Westerner, for example, you know, I was talking about getting punched in the stomach by these guys, which is, you know, I don't know, stupid kind of man stuff, but it's interesting and it, and you shouldn't really be able to do that. But you go to the next level about what these guys in China could do, you know, the master breaking marble with two fingers and doing all this insane stuff. That's another level, you know, and as long as you can believe that you can achieve a next level or, or higher, then you're open to that experience. But the second that you think that you've hit your ceiling, you've hit your ceiling. There is no opportunity for growth. So the potential is endless. It's something that you're going to decide to do. And you might hit a wall, you know, going in that direction, but you have to first have the belief system of, you know, believing in the impossible or even in yourself and what you're trying to achieve to get there. It all starts with your belief system. So I absolutely think that, potential is endless and anybody can literally achieve anything that they want that was so so powerful yeah it really was uh matt i feel like the most important lesson for mental toughness is to know your why so how can someone find a, a way or make one that one again is, is a process of self-reflection a lot of the things that we're talking about everybody wants the quick fix everybody wants you know you you go to a Zen master in China and you say, you know, I want to be enlightened and, you know, he smacks you in the face or whatever. And the reason <laughs> being is he wants you to be in the moment. There is no quick answer and there's nothing mm. outside yourself either. That's the answer. So whatever your why is for any, any person is pretty simple. Sit down and ask what your why is. Sit in silence. Connect with yourself. What is important to me? What brings me joy? How can I be satisfied now? And a lot of the things that I'm talking about, I think it's very important to say that we are beings that naturally expand. We're constantly growing. When you're a kid, you learn how to ride a bike, and then you want to take that bike off a jump. And then if you become a pro biker, you just keep setting your limits to whatever it might be on the mountains over a 120-foot gap, whatever it is. You constantly want to expand and grow naturally. It's a natural process. And it's also important to realize that it is just a journey of sing of one singular moment. There are never future or past. All you have is that moment and never look further ahead saying, when I'm there, then I'm okay. When I'm there, that's when I'll be happy. When I'm there, I'll be good enough. I'll be worthy. You're always perfect and you're always whole and you're always absolutely, uh, yeah, perfect now in this moment. There's nothing outside of you that you need to achieve to be everything that you are right now. And so when you can connect with that truth and realize, okay, you know, this is what I truly want, but I'm okay with not having it. That doesn't define me, but it is something that I want to expand towards. You're doing it from a different place where you're not trying to just acquire something so it can fill a void within you. You're already filled and you're doing it out of natural expansion. It's a much more powerful mindset to be in. Well, Matt, mental toughness isn't just about getting an incredible dose of inspiration or courage. I feel it's about building up daily habits that allow you to stick to a schedule and overcome challenges and distractions over and over again. 
Might if someone wanted to develop a routine daily, let's say a beginner, uh, what advice would you give them? Two pieces. Ten minutes of meditation a day at least uh, is a good process. And the other thing I was going to say about giving processes or tools, it's more important that the person find their own tools. So maybe they'll hate meditation. Well, most people do, but at first. But I do believe it's a very, very practical tool to use. So I've, I strongly believe in meditation. However, you could find your own practice, you know, but that's, you know, that's going to be more honest to the person. What practices can I adopt to increase my concentration, to live a more fulfilled life? So always look within for answers than listening to anybody else. That's my first piece of advice. So ask yourself that question, how do I achieve this? If you want to experiment with meditation, experiment with meditation. If you want to do anything else, experiment. You're the, you know, you're in control of your journey. But I do believe meditation is great for everyone. It's, it's a good tool anyways. Um, the second thing and the most powerful thing is to control your thoughts. Your thoughts are continuously creating your reality. Whatever you think uh, so shall you become. I think the Buddha said that. I don't know if it's bang on, but it's pretty much what he said. And there's so much science behind that now with placebo studies, with um, the way that we're able to kind of now prove that metaphysical spiritual world and prove it scientifically on a quantum level. It's so exciting. And there's so much truth and information out there to say that Whatever you're thinking is actually creating your reality. What your habitual um, thoughts are are doing are, are literally manifesting outside of you. And we have, I think it's between 60 and 70,000 thoughts a day. So are your thoughts about worry? Are they about lack? Are they about things that you don't want? Are they about disharmony? Are they about harmony, love, joy, aspiration, centeredness, calmness, appreciation, gratitude? And if you can shift that, you can shift your entire life. So the most important thing that I would give any person would be be impeccable with your words. Only talk about the things that you want. Never say don't, not, no. Never talk about the illness. Never talk about the things that you want. Always re-steer the conversation towards what you want. And then the second thing is to go a step further and really monitor your internal dialogue and realize that your thoughts are creating your reality. So every single time that you have a, a unserving negative thought and a limiting belief system come up, something that doesn't feel great, just stop and ask yourself, so what do I want? You know, if I don't want to be the worst athlete, I want to be, I love the thought of being the best athlete, then visualize and pretend, be like, oh man, that feels great. Or, you know, if you want an ideal relationship and you see a couple out there and then you start to feel sad because you realize you don't have a girlfriend. Well, that's not. So what do I want? Then you go, I want a, a partner who's loving and caring and beautiful on the inside and out. And she has this, this and this. Then put your focus there. And as you switch your focus, now you're giving the universe and you an opportunity to attract that thing because those thoughts are creating your reality. Absolutely. There's no two ways about it. So it's being very, very impeccable with your words, with your thoughts and your perspective. And if you can do those three things, you will literally shift your life to create whatever it is that you want. With that final end note of saying wherever you are, give appreciation and gratitude for that. Realizing that you already have everything that you need, that you are whole, perfect, harmonious, loving and loved, and that there is nothing outside of you. If you can get to that perspective of not needing that person, not needing that partner, not needing the championship, 
but being whole with or without it, then you can come from a very strong, centered place and create the reality that you want, not allowing things to bring in your happiness, but you create your own happiness. You take control. Wow. Matt, that could be one of the best answers I've ever heard, to be honest. <laughs> so, Matt, to bring us to an end, I just want to say that no matter what strategies we discuss, no matter what goals we set our sights on, no matter what vision we have for ourselves and the people around us, none of it can become a reality without mental toughness, perseverance and grit. So on that note, Matt, where can people find you and what are you currently working on? People can find me at zenathlete.com. I have just finished writing a, a sports psychology book um, and a really in-depth program. The, the program at Zen Athlete is is by far more in-depth than anything out there. So I've designed it for extreme, or extreme sports athletes um, and professionals. So it's the highest level of mental training that you could you could experience. But it's broken down so easily uh, and simple. It's so easy to apply. It's so easy to get results. I didn't. I, I left out all the complicated stuff. I explained it a little bit, but the processes and tools in there, you know, an eight-year-old could apply it and understand it and see incredible results. So um, that program is there. The book is going to come out in a couple months, uh, but the program on the website is definitely more in depth. And you could anyone can send me an email at matt at zenathlete.com. And, uh, yeah, and you don't need to be a pro athlete to do it. Uh, I highly recommend, I get the question all the time, how young should you start with mental training? As young as possible. If you can teach a kid to believe in themselves from zero to six and you, and you teach them that they can do anything, that, they're, that no matter what they do, um, they can achieve their goals, they can achieve their dreams and give them real self-confidence, teaching them the tools of self-reflection, they're going to create very strong lives and realities for themselves because you're really programmed between zero and six years old. And then that hardwiring stays with you your whole life, unfortunately. So that's why as adults, you'll see a 30-year-old or a 50-year-old man or 60-year-old, 80-year-old, whoever have these old belief systems and you know maybe they don't feel worthy or they are you know, they have just issues from years and years ago so uh, it's that's very awesome. very important to learn how to program your mind and that's what the that's what that's what it does so whether you're an athlete whether you're a professional or not it, it can be extremely valuable and you can take it into business into life and all that kind of stuff it's really a course on self-development attitude perspective and taking control of your mind and your life and applying it towards sport or towards anything else that you want Matt, thank you so much for being an incredible guest on the Beastify podcast. You've been an absolute epic guest. We would just like to say thank you again. Awesome, man. Dan, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, let me know if I can ever be of service to you guys again. Thank you so thank much, you. Matt. Thank you. Hey, everyone. As an added bonus for you, at the end of this podcast, we decided to add an extra 10 minutes of the Matt Blair interview. We hope you enjoy it. Because that was absolutely phenomenal. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Well, I just I just finished the Zen Athlete program uh, about a month ago and just put up the site. So I've kind of I've only put a little bit out there and I've been getting great traction. The, the thing that surprises the shit out of me is that this training isn't out there, um, and it's not common. You know, I, I my big goal is to make this commonplace and teach it to the kids. Uh, yeah, because you get the the professionals and I can teach them to elevate their game 
and then they, you know, they can inspire the next generation to adopt a, a simple meditation practice or teach them how to master their perspective. It, it, it could shift so many things. And there's two people. So like there's the sports psychologist that went to university. It's fine. That's awesome. And then there's self-taught. I, I know a friend of mine. His name is Michael Gervais. He's the top sports psychologist in the States. We met years ago when I had a, just a program for snowboarders, and I showed him the program, and he's like, this is really, really good. Honestly, I wouldn't really change anything. He's like, I might add a couple of things that I do personally, but he's like, otherwise, it's a really great program. This was when I was about 22. This was like seven years ago. And he uh -huh. told me, he's like, most people teaching this stuff come from a very therapeutic science background. And he's like, it has to be known and felt. It has to be experienced. He's like, I'll recommend to only one other sports psychologist in the entire states to work with my athletes. Because, and I like that's pretty shocking. I don't, I don't understand. It surprises me that it's not out there. And that's you know, one of the things I deal with is the the athlete has to be ready and think that this is possible. Uh -huh. And once they realize that there's a lot to be learned in mental training, you know, we can really elevate them by leaps and bounds. So, uh, it's hopefully, it's hopefully by doing, hopefully by doing things like this as well, it'll progress and get get more things out there as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just the beginning. So I really appreciate you guys having me on the podcast. This is just the beginning. I know it's going to explode. It has to because it's, oh, yeah, it's yeah. so valuable and it's not being taught. That's the surprising thing to me is it's not being taught and it just blows my mind. Yeah, so true. In the world we live in because it's not out there yet. And so when they Google me, they'll say, oh, he's a snowboarder, skateboarder. Okay, I can relate to that. And, you know, why is this guy telling me now about meditation? And then I can get as weird as I want because they'll have an instant rapport with me as being an athlete, as a snowboarder. And then uh -huh. I can, you know, I'll talk to a kid and be like, you know, what do you want to do with your life? Have him really know where he wants to go and what he wants to achieve at 14, 16, or 18, rather than, you know, getting caught up in a trap and going wherever the heck they're going to go. So that's the, big, that's the, that's the big mission. So if I can get traction with the Zen athlete, you know, yay, look at him. He's hanging out with LeBron James or whoever the hell I'm hanging out with. I'm like, yeah, but go home and meditate. And then they'll have an instant rapport, right? And we can get to that. Yeah, that's, that's what it is. And even with the greatest athletes in the world, right, it doesn't necessarily make them happy. They don't really have a higher level of happiness because they're a millionaire or they're an insanely good athlete. That's, that's the real meat and potatoes for anybody is, is feeling good and having real fulfillment. And that's, that's what I want to give them. So if I can give athletes that, and you'd be you'd be surprised, man. You know, people with millions and millions of dollars are not happy. They probably have more stress than anyone else. Yeah. So true. So yeah. So that's the that's the end goal is giving giving fulfillment and proper techniques to the to the younger generation so they can create and and go through life with a sense of ease and uh, passion and gratitude and purpose. Yeah, rather than depression, anxiety, fear. All that, which is what's being perpetuated like crazy. Yeah, it's always in the media, isn't it? Like negative energy. You're not feeling like inspired to do anything after listening to the news, really, are you? Like you're feeling a bit underwhelmed. Yeah. This is why people like you out there who we want to reach to, we want to, do want to get on the podcast, we want to like get out there in the world, show people like there's this whole form of different energy out there that can transform your life. Absolutely. And it's not a TV screen. It's some. It's outright. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more, guys. The way that I see it is, uh, I'm pretty out there. I'll, I'll give you my my theory of life. In this realm of consciousness, so consciousness is one realm. So, 
if you were to do like I've had these experiences in meditation that I pop out of my body and I'm in like the fourth dimension, let's say. Um, it's, pre it's pretty nuts, man. And it's happened. Uh, it's happened a few times and through other different things. So in this dimension of consciousness, so your consciousness is what you're re repeatedly thinking, right? It can only go to a certain level. So in this world, in this dimension of living on the earth, we have a veil of illusion. It's like we're Super Mario. We're in a video game and we're the main character. And our thoughts, our, our thoughts and our words are creating our reality. And we literally have the power as the main character of this video game to create anything that we want. In this game, it is a game of choice. So it's a game of choice of thought and action. And when you can master your thought and action, you can create whatever Super Mario game that you want. The problem is most people are so caught up in habitually thinking and worrying and anxiousness that they continually create that. So I am 100% convinced, firm believer, that if you can master your thought and your perspective and continually shift it towards what you want, it has to manifest. There is no other way because it's manifesting whether you want or not. But most people are on unconscious programming, just manifesting whatever, and then they're like, okay – I want this new job. And they think about it for one second and then they think, oh, well, I can't get this job. Boom. That's going out to the universe. You know, and then whatever negative thought they say that boom, that's going out to the universe. So they have to, it's the process of habitually changing your thinking. Matt, it's unbelievable how many people are just guided by external forces instead of internal forces. It's unbelievable. Yes. Like, that's why we can't understand like how can people not follow the heart? But they have to follow what the television says, or what the friends see, or what the family see. They can't follow who they are. It's, it surprises me. Yes. So true. Exactly. Exactly. Well, and it's also, you know, it's also important to remember that everybody is on their journey, and what you're witnessing is a reflection of you. So when you see them lost, I, you know, I went through depression for a while, um, but then I'm good now because what I realize is everyone's putting themselves through whatever they want to put themselves through for a deeper learning but really what the actual reality is is there is no separation between me and that person I am that person but when I am witnessing something what is it what's happening within me so if I'm seeing them and like oh man like they're lost and they're just programmed and they're doing stupid things I can show them love and compassion and say you know I wish for them to find their direction, but that might not even be the right thing because you don't know what the heck is right for them, right? So you say, I love the thought of, you. It's, like it's like a contrast. You're just witnessing kind of like yourself and it's giving you an opportunity. So if you see them lost, you can say, I love the idea of feeling centered because I can witness somebody without being lost. I know I give myself more clarity about what I want. It's kind of as simple as if you have a lot of water and you see somebody starving or needing water in the the desert you can say i really want water in my life and that's all it is is giving you an opportunity to um shift your perspective and give you more clarity because it, it is only you you're just continuously witnessing other yous so the pain is a contrast for you to realize what you want and shift your focus there that's all it is and if you look at pain and depression and anxiety and all the terrible stuff and you and you see it as a catalyst for yourself you again can shift your life into a more powerful focus because if you stay there obviously we know what happens yeah it manifests itself into reality exactly for you then right so now it's affecting you 
But I think as well, I think as well, when you become more conscious, you start noticing traits and family members that are not very good. That's that's what I've come across. Oh yeah, you'll know. Well, you'll notice it in everybody, right? Once you once you evolve, and the best way to help them evolve is for you to be the example. That's all. That's all your job is. Not to get sucked in, not to judge them, not to feel like, you know, they're doing it wrong, because they're doing it right, you know. As far as like that, as wrong as you could ever think, they're doing it. They're doing it right, you know. Like we we don't have. We're just children in the eyes of the universe. The the questions and the the mystery of of the universe is so profound. We don't know shit, and uh, so it's looking and saying, okay, you can offer that result, but from that strong place of centeredness you're doing more for that person than you ever could. And if you can talk to them with love and compassion, if they, and if they get to the point of wanting to seek your help, that's when they're ready for the shift, right? Because you can't, you can't help anybody who isn't ready. Oh, so true. Right. So if they're, if they're like, you know, if you keep showing whoever that person is love and compassion um, and gratitude and all that stuff, and you're not allowing them to affect you, you're living your example. Then maybe one day, a year or two later, when they're ready, they're going, hey, like, can you help me with this? She's like, absolutely. You know, I'm glad. And then you, you again, you kind of put them on the right path because that's all it is. It's a, it's a path in a more fulfilling direction. It's not you found the answer, so now you know the way and you're a guru on top of the mountain. It's just like, no, if you head north, it's, it's a lot better than, you know, south because south is – you know, it's a low energy and it's prickly and you're angry. And I was like, if you want that, then go ahead. But if you want to kind of wake up and feel better and be more fulfilled, here are ways that can help you. But I think we're, def- I think we're definitely going to have to do another podcast with you. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, man. I love, I love these conversations. So I'm, I'm, I'm privileged and grateful to be on the show yeah, so and to be talking about this stuff and sending out that energy to other people who want to hear it. So powerful. Thanks, man. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show. Hope you enjoyed this episode. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review on iTunes as it really helps the show. And don't forget to head over to the show notes at beastified.com. Hey, everyone, and check out our weekly challenge set by the guests themselves. And also don't forget to check out the bonus questions we ask the guests after the show. In the meantime, stay healthy.